welcome to uh, the first of these uh, GodPod recordings. And um, this is a little venture from the St. Paul's Theological Centre here at Holy Trinity Brompton in London. And um, my name is Graham Tomlin. I'm the um, principal of this thing. And uh, around this table we have um, one or two other people. We have Mike Lloyd. Mike, say something about yourself and who you do, who you are and that kind of thing. Right. Well, I am, uh, I've just started here as well, not... Um I'm basically a uh, lecturer here at the Theological Centre, and I also work at um, St Andrews in Hopen. So I'm a two part-time posts. Very good. And we've actually just both come from Oxford, funnily enough, haven't we? We just escaped Oxford. We work together in, in yeah, we different do. establishments, but exactly. Um, that's right. Yeah. Yes. So we've left behind the flesh vicar, vicar factories in Oxford. That's right. We've left behind the flesh pots of Oxford to um, come to the flesh pots of London instead. <laughs> <laughs> um, we also have the wonderful Alex around the table as well. He makes us coffee. We've got tons of really thick coffee, which is wonderful. Keep us awake. Biscuits. Tea, in my case, to wake me up from a transatlantic flight. Right, exactly. In from which I have just come. Well, that is right. Yeah, might you just come off the flight? So you're. Lagged and I am bleary eyed, or more so than normal. <laughs> yes, it's just as well. I've got a very radio face this morning, <laughs> exactly, so that's right. a kind of pop iPod face. <laughs> Good job, this time. isn't being videoed. <laughs> <laughs> so, actually, the chances of getting anything reasonably sensible out of you is pretty slim this it's, morning. It's less than usual, yeah. Actually, well, I, I will say up front that I take no responsibility for anything Mike says this morning <laughs> whatsoever, having just come off a flight from America <laughs> six o'clock this morning. Bad enough at the best of times, exactly. That's right. And we also have the wonderful Keith, who also does a great job in uh, doing the technical side of things so that's the um um that's the team this morning so uh, yeah we also we also have a missing person around the room around the table well we don't have a missing person if you know what i mean um jane williams who is um again uh, someone who works with us in the theological center uh is uh, due to be here but she's not here unfortunately today so she will be here on future godpod recordings so if you tune in next time you'll get uh, her wisdom, and um, which is far better than ours put together, probably, isn't it? Don't be put off by the kind of testosterone flavoured <laughs> right. nature of today's event. There will be a more balanced hormonal level on future occasions. That's absolutely right. Quite hopefully so. Good. Well, look, um, Mike, tell us a bit about this um, this whole thing and what, how it works. And, well, the um, idea is that um, we're inviting people to send in theological questions, things that they've been thinking about, worrying about, going through their minds, um, to us at godpod at hdb.org.uk and we'll give you that again later um, and we'll sift through them see if there's any that we stand a chance of answering and if there are uh, then we'll discuss them on this fortnightly meeting that we have that will be recorded and you can download it and put, attach it to your pod Exactly, or even your iPod. iPod, in fact. iPod, even. That's right. Did you see the front cover of Private Eye? No. When the Queen, it was announced that the Queen had an iPod, and there was a picture of the Queen with a balloon coming out of her mouth saying, It's a wonderful thing. You can take it wherever you go, and it plays your favourite tunes. It's called the Grenadier Guards. <laughs> that's right. But anyway. That's one um, thing you won't get on this thing, anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the idea, basically. So every fortnight we're going to be uh, looking at a number of thorny theological issues but um, if there are other issues political life universe and everything if you want to send those in that's fine um, we can't promise to answer all of them of course but we'll have a go at um, ones that we know something about uh, which is probably very few um, <laughs> so today we've already had some emails from uh, various people and um, the first one is um, 
Well, it's quite, quite a little one, really. Now, now, Mike, you've just come off a transatlantic flight, and yes. um, you're feeling really sort of uh, bleary-eyed, sleepy, and everything else. So a nice little tiny question for you. Did God create evil? Uh, well, um, evil is my, is my kind of thing. Yeah, evil, evil, you are is, a, evil is what I do. <laughs> you are a bit of a specialist in this area. <laughs> I am a bit of a specialist evil. in evil. <laughs> you know quite a lot uh, about it. Academically. <laughs> exactly, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Um, but I suppose the, the, the question of this is... is, is um, Basically, you know, if God created everything, which is kind of what we believe, isn't it? Um, and evil exists within the world. Yes. Did God create it? Or if he didn't create it, where did it come from? And if it didn't come from God, is there something else in the world that's not God and all that kind of stuff? Yep. So what do you think about that one? Well, one of the useful uh, pictures and images that um, I picked up was still from somebody else on this, uh, namely Oliver O'Donovan, um, another Oxford colleague of ours, uh, was that of, supposing you get um, a, a broken chair, and somebody may say, who made this breakage? Uh, to which you'd have to answer, well, nobody made the breakage. Somebody made a chair, and it got broken. A breakage is not a thing, it's an event. And I think it's rather the same uh, with evil. Evil is not actually a thing. You can't have a lump of it. You can't have a, 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 a you know, litre and a half of, of evil. Uh, it's, it's a breakage. It's something that's gone wrong. It, it, it's not something God creates. God creates a good world, and then it gets broken. Well, then, of course, you have the question, well, why and how did it get broken? Um, and I would, at that point, draw on the... Uh, Christian tradition of, of free will, uh, that we are created with the freedom both to respond to God positively, but also, therefore, to respond to God negatively. And if you don't have that, our lives are fairly meaningless. We become kind of pre-programmed robots. Hmm. Okay, yeah. I mean, this, I guess behind this question, I mean, by the way, it comes from a chat called Chris Burrows. So, Chris, thank you very much for your question. Um, I suppose, you, you, on the other hand, one might say that evil actually is something quite big mm -hmm. and I suppose there is also a Christian tradition to say that evil is something really quite um, in it, one might say substantial within the world and therefore and you know there's a whole thing about the devil and about this active force of evil Satan Yes. Um, and so I guess a lot of people would ask well where does that come from it's, and it, it, so it because that feels like it's not just something getting broken there is an active force of evil within the world which is causing the kind of things that we we know of. So, for example, sort of Nazi Germany seems to be a an instance of evil in the world, which is more than just a kind of things got a bit bit oh, yes. broken. It's something oh, yes. bigger than that. And 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 as Karl Barth, a great German theologian, said, you can't understand uh, Nazi Germany without realizing that as a nation we were possessed. Mm, that's right. He, he yeah. draws on demonic yeah, exactly, language yeah, right. this precisely is something more to than try and understand the degree and the nature and the intensity of evil yeah. that was experienced at that period. And I agree with that. I think there is a force. I think there is um, a, an intelligence and an organization mm. to mm. evil um, mm. that uh, helps explain the the degree of brokenness that the mm. world mm. Uh, evidences. Um, but of course, Christian and Jewish tradition has always been that uh, Satan was a, a good angel who fell, not yeah. he wasn't created evil. Mm. And if you want to say, well, why 
did he fall then again one would I would draw on the, the freedom thing that he had in order to be meaningful and in order for his love to be a meaningful thing um, he had to be free not to give it he had to be free to withhold it and that's what happened um, but he's, he remains a good creature that's gone bad not a bad thing yeah okay yeah and I think that's quite important yeah, I've always been quite interested in kind of Augustine's idea about evil, which is that evil is essentially evil is essentially nothing. It's a no mm. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's kind of kind of what you're saying. It's, it's, it's not. It's, yeah, that's a variation on yeah on my chair, broken right. chair image. It, it isn't substantial. It's almost the yeah. the opposite of substantial. It's yeah. something that doesn't actually. Well, it's not that it doesn't exist. It does exist, but it, is, it exists negatively. If that kind of makes some kind of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's. I think it comes out of the way in which. I think it's quite interesting how Genesis portrays creation of the world because it portrays the creation of the world as coming out of chaos. And if you like, what was there before is just this chaos. There's, it's just no order. It's just random. It's very uncontrolled. And what God brings out of it, the goodness that comes out of this nothingness is the created order. And, and if you like, the created order is always, there's this tendency to kind of go back to, to, to chaos, to nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, if you like, what evil does. It just seeks to destroy. It cannot create anything. It just destroys what is there. It's reducing it back to nothing, reducing it back to the chaos. Yes. So do you buy that one? Yeah, I, 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 up to a point, while not minimizing yep. the fact that sure. that in itself, that, that doesn't explain the problem of evil. Yep. <laughs> it simply uh, defines it. Yep. Uh, it doesn't explain it away. You've still got the problem of you know, nevertheless, yeah, sure, yeah. Although it doesn't exist as a substance, uh, yeah, it, it, it still mucks up our lives. Yeah, it sure. still causes pain and tragedy exactly. and, and right. frustration. Yeah, and, and that's the danger of, of saying that it's it's nothing. Yes, it implies that it's well, it's nothing. It doesn't really matter that much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. not, what we're, not what anyone wants to say. Um, I like that, Richard um, Scott Holland piece about death is nothing at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yes, exactly. Which, which, which of course it isn't. It, yeah. It, yeah. It, it's something desperately. Yeah, that's right. Destructive of human relationships. Exactly. And, yeah. And hell often happens. Exactly. That's right. And to say that death is nothing at all is, is well, you know, try experiencing bereavement. It doesn't yes. feel like nothing. It certainly doesn't. Um, but I think what, I, I think what Augustine means by it is it's nothing in the sense that it, 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 it cannot do anything of itself. Self. It's it, parasitic, it, yeah. isn't it? It's like a cancer. It just cancer just destroys things. It doesn't create anything. Cancer cancerous cells are purely, yes. as far as I understand them, they're purely cells that have gone bad. And you get that in um, the Screwtape Letters, don't you? C.S. Lewis's Screwtape Letters, written as if by a senior devil to a junior devil, mm. uh, where he keeps <clears> saying, uh, Screwtape keeps saying, "Of course, we never managed to create a pleasure." We've yeah. only been yeah. able to try and get human beings to use their pleasures in wrong ways and wrong t- yeah. times and exactly. uh, that's wrong right. situations. Yeah. Um, but it's parasitic on the good. Yeah, that's right. And I always think that the, the, the temptation narratives are quite interesting here, where um, Satan says to Jesus, you know, it takes him up a high mountain, shows him the kingdom of the world and their splendor, and says, uh, "I will give, I'll give." these to you if you worship me for, for they have been given to me mm. yep. and I, I wonder by whom they have been given it would be an odd thing for God to give the kingdoms of the earth uh, to an evil power um, I think it's our decisions and our choices our wrong actions that have given an authority mm. to Satan that he doesn't intrinsically possess 
Uh, again, it's, he's parasitic on our uh, choices, our authority as human beings <coughs> made yeah. to rule over creation. Great, thank you. Well, that um, is a brief answer to the question. Did God create evil? I guess it, it opens up a whole realm of other questions like um, what do we do about evil? What does God do about evil? How does suffering come into the world? How do we understand that? Um, but I guess those are slightly separate questions, and we probably come on to those at some other point. I have, I'd be very surprised if someone didn't raise that at some point, um, but probably maybe uh, another one, another slightly different area than we're looking at this morning. But I, I, think, I think just to conclude on that one, <clears throat> what is quite imp- what, you know, the reason, reason it's really, really important to say that God did not create evil uh, is because the goodness of God, the absolutely uncompromised, unblemished goodness of God, is part of the gospel. Uh, it's part of the message that we proclaim, says one John. Um, and when you look at some of the Greek and Roman gods who weren't completely good, you can see uh, the liberating nature of having a God who is utterly and completely and unmitigatedly good. So that bit in uh, the epistles of John, isn't it, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all? Yes. And if there are little shadows of doubt and darkness in God that we think there's this hidden part of God that might just will evil for us, then we live in a very uncertain world. Anxiety-ridden world. Whereas actually if we can say at the end of the day that God is light, goodness, there is no evil darkness in him at all, then at the end of the day we live in a, a safe world, not a world that is freed from suffering and pain but one that ultimately, ultimately we can trust that's right. is we a good, good place yes. to be yeah. okay well thank you Chris for that um, very good question uh, we've got a couple more we're going to try and look at this morning and uh, the second one is again um, another one just suited for someone to come off a transatlantic flight <laughs> um, which is the question what happens when you die um, and I guess um well, we all thought this one, haven't we? Um, and Christians over the years have said, well, you kind of go to heaven. But what does that mean? Does that, is that what happens? Uh, or is something else happen? So, um, yeah, that's, that's the, the question. What happens when you die? Um, but you have an introductory joke. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I came, I came across a joke the other day about this one. So sorry to lighten the proceedings a little bit. But um, it was a story of St. Peter at the gates of heaven who... Uh, um, he was sort of letting people in and you know opening the door and, it, and he had quite a lot of sort of admin on at the time and so he was rushing off to his office all the time and so uh, um, so he decided he'd, he'd sort of get round this by leaving a note on the pearly gates saying um, you know St Peter busy please ring on the bell and so he went off to his office and you know doing a bit of admin and you know bing doorbell went and he kind of went over to the door and there's no one there oh, strange he must have gone off by accident went back to his uh, office, carried on with a bit more admin then he had bing, doorbell went and he went back to the door and, and uh, opened the pearly gates, told no, no one there so I thought oh, that's really annoying this and went back to his study, did a bit more admin and and um, bing doorbell went again and uh, went back to the pearly gates and then this, this time there was this little little man just on the other side of the gates and um, some Peter was pretty cross by this stage and he said what are you doing, keep on ringing the bell and then disappearing again and uh, what's, what's happening? What's happening? And um, the guy says, "Well, uh, I was trying to get in, but they keep resuscitating me." <laughs> <laughs> yes, we should try that on us. That's <laughs> right. it's, it's pretty bad, but it, it's, it made, me, made me laugh for a bit. It? So, it seems to me that there are two strands of biblical teaching here. 
that we have to try and hold together. The first is um, that of the resurrection hope, that we will be re recreated, remade, given new bodily existence in a healed and restored creation. Um, but, says St. Paul, that that's a future event. It's not something uh, that's already happened. Various people have been going around saying it's already happened. It hasn't. It's still to happen. It's a future thing. That's one strand of biblical teaching. The second strand of biblical teaching, it seems to me, is that one is ushered into the immediate presence of Christ. Today you will be with me in paradise, says Jesus to the thief on the cross. Um, I want to depart and be with Christ, for that is much better, says St. Paul in Philippians. Um, so you've got the immediate presence of Christ and you've got the future hope of the resurrection. And the question is, how do we hold those two things together? What, or, if you like, what happens in between? Um, and that is where I think uh, Christians take different views. There's nothing in the Bible that actually says what, how you relate those two strands of teaching. Um, and various traditions have, have grown up. It seems to me that there are two basic ways people have tried to hold those two things together. The first is to say um, that we are, first of all, uh, in the presence of Christ in, in our sp souls or spirits, um, and we await the resurrection when we're given new bodies. Um, and that's a perfectly kind of orthodox and respectable view. Um, the second view is to say it doesn't make sense to talk about what happens between. Uh, once we die, we leave this current space-time continuum, and what is future from our perspective becomes immediately present. Um, so, in a sense, the you will be with me today, you will be with me in paradise, is the same thing as the resurrection, um, which, for those of us left behind, is um, so if you, it's still a future event. Okay. So do you go for the second one of those? I do, personally. I, yeah. This is one of the ways in which I disagree with the Bishop of Durham. Okay. Who's, who's a wonderful, wonderful the scholar. Bishop well, of Durham. Wonderful, present Bishop of yeah. Durham. Um, uh, who's a wonderful scholar and a, and a, uh, a very yeah. good friend. But um, he takes the first view and I take the second so view. So if you, if you go for that then, that in some way it's an immediate... If you like, we kind of pass outside time. Is that the kind of idea? So yeah, well, we at go least, into an at eternal least our present. current type of okay. time. Yeah. Yes. But if the if the new heaven and the new earth, which is the ultimate destiny of creation, mm -hmm. um, will happen in time, which mm. I think is right. Is that right? Uh, carry on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it and we are talking about not a sort of spiritualized state, but in some ways a continued. Yes. Oh, at least a, you know, a renewed physical existence, physical existence yes. like like this one, but purged of so. its per, yes, but, but, and first of all, that currently ruins it and, sure, and makes right. it temporal. Which is what we've uh, been talking about. Um, yep. Does it make sense then to talk about a, a kind of parallel existence um, mm. alongside that? It's, it's kind of hard to get your mind around the idea that that you know if. You know, if, if time will continue, then if you like the, the new heaven and the new earth, the kingdom of God will come in its fullness, which is in some ways continuous with this present physical existence that we have and the present physical earth, and yet a sort of parallel thing well, outside that to which we go. I don't think it's parallel exactly. Okay. Um, it's simply that the future is somehow accessible in that way. It, it does raise all sorts of philosophical yeah. questions. I, I well, is the new heaven and the new earth existing? 
well, now is a difficult word to use. Isn't it? <laughs> well, exactly. That, that one, means one you're talking all, about time, aren't you? Of, uh, yeah. Um, well, uh, yes, if you don't like it, then go cap in hand to Tom Wright and, yeah. and, and buy the one about the... The reason I don't like that one is uh, because it makes body and soul mm. separable. Mm-hmm. Whereas I, I don't think the yep. scriptures do that. I think they re- use them as different ways of talking about the same reality yeah. from different mm. angles. So how, how then, I mean, the, the other aspect of it, of course, is the imagery that is used in the New Testament of sleep. Yes. That, so that metaphor is used for what happens when we, when yes. we die. Yes. Um, again, I think I'm uncomfortable with that because it sounds like a kind of, well, it's rather long sleep, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have a problem with that. <laughs> and, now, you could say that, that as the whole point of sleep is that you go to sleep and you're not conscious of of being asleep, you just wake up one day. Well, I think for, the whole point of it, sleep in that image is is that it's temporary, mm-hmm. that you do yeah, wake up sure. from it. Yeah, uh, and of course, one of the things, mm. um, one of the ways in which the Christian gospel impacted on the language mm. at the time was that the word for uh, a place where you buried people mm. in the old days used to be necropolis, mm-hmm. a city of the dead. Yeah. Um, and soon after the Christian gospel, it became known as a cemetery, a place mm. of sleep, mm. uh, as a way of saying this is a temporary thing. Yep. Uh, it, it's, it's awful and it's mm. um, tragic, but it's not everlasting. But I guess that um, I mean, it becomes a real pastoral question, doesn't it? I remember when I was a curate in a, in a church doing my curacy that a, a, a lady saying to me, you know, in real sort of distress, you know, where, where is my husband now? Yes. You know, she, she, he had died, they were incredibly close, they were um, spent most of their lives together and she was just sort of really, really exercised by this question of where is he now? Is he asleep? Yes. Is he conscious? Um, and she, you know, it was something that was very yes. real for her. And, and, and of course, one of the things we probably ought to have said at the beginning is that the answer to pretty well every theological question is I don't know. <laughs> but if you want us, you know, yeah. to, if you, we expect you to listen to sure. a half-hour God, God pod <laughs> broadcast. Um, we've got to say something a bit more than that. Exactly, that's right. Um, yeah. But obviously, we, we don't know exactly mm. what mm. the state is, whether sure. they're conscious, whether they're conscious of what we're doing yeah. here, mm. what all those kind of relationships are um, and it is difficult but it seems to me that one can say they're in the presence of yeah. God I think that's, that's right I think that's what that's what I think I, I end up with this sense that I can say that those who have died are in the presence of of God they are safe in the hands of yes. of God in Christ um, they are in his presence in a very real and full way yes um, and, and th- therefore and these from the, what sure. mars and spoils yeah, exactly. and what is pain to their that's current right. existence and that therefore all the metaphors that we do use or that scripture uses for that, like sleep and, and so on, if you like, they are metaphors to try to help us to understand something which is probably beyond our our comprehension here and now. There are certain things we can say about it. The fact that we are heading for this renewal of creation, the new heaven and the new earth, that's something we can hope for. The dead are safe in Christ and in the presence of God. Much more than that, we can't say much for certain. Um, we can think and... and um, have ideas and, and, and thoughts about that, but yes, I mean that's we cling on. We, we, we hold on to the things we can. No, yes, and, and the two strands of biblical teaching that I mentioned earlier are, are things we can hold on to. Yeah. The the other theories as to how you hold them together are provisional and fallible, exactly. and right. may or may not be yeah. right. Um, 
Yeah, good. Well, I, I mean, I guess it's one of these questions where there are lots of other questions around it. For example, one of the questions is, well, you know, we've been talking primarily about those who are Christians, those who have a faith. Mm-hmm. What about those who don't have a faith? What happens to them when they die? Which, is, again, is another question. Um, which I'm sure we'll get at some point during this so. um, little journey. Yes. <laughs> but we probably won't want to take that on today because we've um, um, done quite enough. Well, I think we've probably reached the end of our time today. Our allotted span. Our allotted span. <laughs> <laughs> Not that we're about to find out what happens when <laughs> you die, hopefully. But, um, yeah, that's it for this first uh, GodPod recording. We are going to be back again in a fortnight's time where hopefully we will have uh, Jane Williams with us. Indeed. So um, if you want to... Uh, um, check in again in, in about two weeks' time. There should be another recording of Godpod. Just a reminder again: if you want to email in any questions, anything you like, email them into Godpod G O D P O D at htb dot org dot uk. Um, you might also want to check out a website called uh, aboutlife dot com. So aboutlife dot com. Um, that's a website that's being put together by uh, Alpha Alpha International. And um, which uh, has a lot of kind of interesting stuff on it. Um, it's also got my my blog, which Your you blog. can find, um, which is aboutlife.com mm. forward slash Graham T, I think it's called. That's right, isn't it? So, yeah, if you want to read something really boring, you can uh, <laughs> do that if your life is completely empty. <laughs> but, but then if they've listened to this, then they probably are the sort of people who might, you know. Precisely, that's right. Okay, well, um, we'll be back again in two weeks' time. And uh, thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.